So I don't know if it was intentionally done, but at the end of the little video there before Mitch started talking, there was a hand with a watch and a wedding ring, and then all of a sudden a bald spot. <laughs> that was mine. So I don't know if uh, <laughs> I don't know if he did that on purpose. Um, I, I give my dad a hard time all for years because he has this real long hair, and it's just nothing going on up top. And I tell him just to get rid of it and just. You got the big, cool beard. Just go with that and the bald head. You'd look even cooler. And I've always sworn that when mine starts to go, I'll just bail on it. But uh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. It's going to happen soon. Um, But anyways, I am overjoyed to be here this morning and to have this opportunity. Um, As Ben said earlier, normally I I get to be the one to stand up and welcome you. And I take great joy in that as well because, um, you know, it it is an honor to, to serve our amazing risen living God with all of you every Sunday. And um, even though I'm not the one up here preaching every Sunday, I feel like in my heart and, and as I'm here early praying over the seats, I feel like God has definitely chosen to use me and to use all of you um, for his kingdom's cause. And that's something that we should take great pride in, um, that someone would love us that much, that he would come and die for us, and that he would leave us here as plan A with no plan B to spread his mission in this city. Amen? Um, so with that being said, uh, we're always changing, we're always um, morphing into something different. And if you notice, if you came in on the Henderson Street entrance this morning, if you look back there, you'll see a chalkboard on the wall. It says, pray and celebrate, and it has a scripture up there. And you'll see two baskets and two cards. But really, we tricked you because it's one card with two sides. Um, so, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's called um, being good stewards of the resources that God's given us. All right, why have a blank side over here when we could double it up, see? So pray and celebrate. What we want you guys to do, and it's something that we did in our church in Ohio for years, is, um, and, and you should be doing it at your city groups. Um, if you're not, get on your city group leaders and tell them, I need you to pray for me. Um, prayer requests and praise reports, okay? So what we want to do is just to share in what you're going through in life, whether it's good news or whether it's something that you need help with. All right, God calls his people to come together and to pray for one another, to share your concerns with each other. So those are back there at your disposal. Um, don't be afraid. We're not going to, you know, go and tell everybody, <clears throat> you know, Eric needs prayer because, uh, you know, Eric needs prayer. <laughs> I mean, anybody who knows Eric knows that he needs prayer. So, um, but, you know, we just, we want to have the opportunity to, to share in that with you. Now, your praise reports, on the other hand, we definitely want to share in those as well. We want to celebrate what God's doing um, in your life and through your life. Um, but with that out of the way, what Pastor uh, Mitch referenced in the video is that we've been talking about having the mind of Christ, right? And our sermon series is called Hive Mind, to change your mind and to change your life. Um, so today what I wanted to do is just to explore out of the book of Philippians, uh, what do bees teach us about productivity? Um, how can bees help to change local missions and our productivity as a church? Um, you see, God brought us together here, not just to come in, and to sit and listen to the word and then go home and not talk to each other. He brought us in here to be a family, to be a body. And he describes that many different ways, which we'll get into a little bit later in the sermon. But um, just a little background about the book of Philippians. Paul wrote this. It's one of the uh, prison epistles, right? And um, he wrote this letter from jail to a church that he planted in Macedonia. And this church was very near and dear to his heart. Um, the church was uh, like other epistles that Paul wrote. The letter warns against threats of legalism creeping into the church, right? And then he teaches us what it's like to have Christ as our strength, to have Christ as our joy, to have Christ as our hope, and Christ in our life as servants, okay? 
So this is a church that, that's been going for a little bit, kind of like our church. We've been around for two and a half years. They'd been around a little longer at the time. Um, but chapter two specifically, uh, you could categorize as rejoice in our service as the body. What does that mean? Um, God doesn't call us to just sit on our hands and do nothing, right? We can, and we're saved because he died for our sins. But what Christ calls us to do is to be more than that, to be more than just conquerors, to be servants, right? Um, so that we can go out and proclaim. It says to go to the hedges and the highways and compel them is what scripture says. So what do bees have to do with anything? What can they teach us about being the body individually and as a team? Okay, um, I'm going to give you a little fact. I'm going to give you a, quite a few facts. You're going to leave here knowing more about bees than you ever thought was possible. Ben and Garrett both work with me. And this, this week, I don't know if it's God or, or what, but um, this week, right outside of my office window, are just bees everywhere. I'm not joking at all. And I've stayed several nights this week just studying and getting in God's word after everybody left. <clears throat> But um, I'm just sitting there looking at these bees, and I'm like, is this you, God? Are you doing this? Because we've called these bee people in several times to come and remove them, and they'll show up, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, they're gone. They're gone. And I go upstairs, and I look out my window. I'm like, no, they're not. They're right there. There's like 10,000 of them, right? So they say that eventually they'll be gone, but I think maybe when I go back tomorrow, the bees may be gone. Um, But anyways, bees are experts in working together to achieve a goal. And a little fact that I wanted to give you, a hive with 30,000 bees will actually produce two and a half times the amount of honey as two hives with 15,000 bees. So more better with a hive of bees, right? They're able to work together to produce and to work towards one goal. And we're going to read out of the book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 11. How do they do this? How can this be compared to what we're studying today? We're going to dive into scripture and we're going to go over that. When you came in, you should have got your your bifold flyer there, and it had a blank sermon notes paper, all right? And the reason that it's blank, and also in the U version, it'll be blank as well. The reason that it's blank is because unlike Patcher, Patcher, Mitch, Pastor Mitch, um, unlike Pat, I almost said it again, unlike Pastor Mitch, I don't want to hold you guys' hand and lead you along. I want you to fill in the notes yourself, okay? That's, uh, that's a fib. I forgot to email him to Mallory um, on Wednesday or Tuesday, so... But, you know, I'm just, I thought that we could use that to be a more spiritual group. Um, and we'll tell Mitch, I'm sure he's watching, but, uh, or we'll watch later. So, huh? He's watching. <laughs> Hi, Mitch. Um, um, so if you have your notes, we're going to give you, I'm going to give you three examples in a little bit. Underneath those are going to be three scriptures for you to write down. You don't have to do it right now. First, I want to read out of the book of Philippians chapter two, verses one through 11. So if you want to flip there, if you're using your phone, turn your phone on and get to there. Um, And we're going to dive right into scripture and and work this thing out as a body this this morning. So chapter 2, verse 1. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let's stop there for a moment. Who does that on a daily basis? Show of hands. 
Eric's the only liar in the house this morning. Eric, afterwards, get up here on your knees, repent. We'll pray for you. Kent will come down. We'll throw holy water on you. And, uh, you know, we'll break up a donut and use that as the body, as a cracker. We might have some juice in the back. I'm just messing with you. I love you, Eric. But it's not in our nature to do that, right? It's not in our nature to do that. That's what made Christ coming and dying so special, um, is that he showed us what the picture looks like and what we should yearn uh, towards being, to count ourselves or to count others more significant than ourselves. Um, let each of you look not only, verse 4, not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we begin to explore this passage of Scripture that you gave us through your servant Paul, Lord, to a small church finding its way, Lord God, I pray that you would just open up our eyes, Father God, that you would focus us on your word, on your Scripture, um, that we might become better, Father God, and change than when we came in here. Lord, that our hearts would be different, that our souls and our minds would just be renewed in you, that we'd be willing to accept the task that you've given us this morning. Father God, the words that sound hard to achieve, Lord, that through you, through your spirit, through your example of your word, that we would be willing to take on this new idea, this new journey together, Lord God, as we start to adapt and start to change into what it is that you want us to be. So just bless this morning, bless this word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So what does all of this mean? What does this word mean? Um, it sounds crazy, right? It, it really sounds crazy. We're thinking as Christians, it sounds normal because it's what we condition ourselves. It's what we pray for when there's a task that comes available and they're looking for somebody to do it, whether it's in the church or it's in your community. You pray about it and you say, God, I really, I really want to do this. I feel like you're calling me to it. Um, and we pray, right? We humble ourselves. We seek God, we look at our calendar, and a big majority of the time, there ends up being something that gets in the way, amen? I mean, it's just the truth, it's okay, it's, it happens to me, um, it happens to all of us. We find a reason, instead of finding a reason to do, we find a reason to don't, right? Um, especially if it's not going to benefit us instantly. We're a, a quick return society nowadays, um, we switched recently, well, I switched. I had a company phone for years and my girls had T-Mobile and they'd complain about how bad it was. And I had Verizon, I was like, I have no problems. And then uh, I switched to T-Mobile and I was like, this stinks. I was ready to throw my phone. I'm like, I have to work here. How am I supposed to work? And like 10 seconds later, it's there. And I'm like, that's too long. That's way too long. We have to figure this out. I can't wait that long. But what we have to look at is in that moment, in those prayers, in that consideration and in that longing for what it is that God's calling us to do, how do we do that, 
What, what do we do to get to that point where it's not even a question any longer, where it's just second nature, right? That's what God wants from us. That's what he talks about in 2 Corinthians when he talks about old things passing and new things coming. He's talking about a change in the way that we look at others. You know, he's talking about a change in the way that we live our lives for others. And uh, we're going to get deeper into that in a moment. But if we explore what the Philippians are trying to achieve and what Paul's telling them in this scripture of rejoicing in the service as the body of Christ, we have to ask what it is that they're trying to achieve. And they're trying to spread the word of Christ, right? Throughout their community, they're trying to change a culture through the words that Christ spoke so many years ago. So then we have to ask ourselves, what is it that we're trying to achieve? Um, here as Redeemer City Church, why, why do this? What's the point in this, right? Um, for those of you who are newer to the church or, or don't know a lot about it, um, you know, Mitch and Camden and the kids owned a beautiful home over in Clearwater. Um, you know, Camden had her job for years before we started here. Mitch was a, a on-staff pastor at another church. Um, ben was uh, on staff at another church over there. Kevin was on staff at another church. Um, Kevin lived down in Ruskin. Uh, ben was in Clearwater. I was in Clearwater. Uh, Kent and Dara. I mean, there was so many things that went into this. This wasn't an easy thing, right? I mean, it, it took a lot of time and effort and energy to get to the point of where God's brought it. Um, but the willingness, and I'm not saying any of those things to pat any human beings on the back for what God's done here. Um, make no mistakes. This is God. Uh, I got a chance to walk um, my friend and his son, who's here from out of town, and a few weeks ago, my brother-in-law, who's here from out of town, around and show them. And uh, some of you who are, you know, this is your first time here, the, this stage used to be there. There used to be two rooms right there. That room didn't exist. This wall wasn't here. Um, these floors were like ugly Ohio State Buckeyes colors. And praise God, we finally got new floors. Um, but a lot has went into this and a lot of change has taken place. And if you put yourself back to where the Philippian church came from, when Jesus showed up and when Paul showed up and planted this church and talked these words about Jesus to a society that was like, protect yourself, save yourself, do what you can for yourself because of the oppression that they faced. This was different, right? This was different. Um, scholars, not biblical scholars, but scholars and historians have spoke about why the spread of Christianity took place and they talk specifically about the churches actually fasting and not eating for several days at a time to give to others who didn't even believe the same thing that they believed and isn't that a picture of what we've had the opportunity to do right here in this church where we've had the opportunity to feed others we've had the opportunity to go outside of these walls and to actually share God's gospel just by the generosity um, even if you're not like hey check out what the scripture says you're like hey I love you I want to give you food, right? Hey, I love you. I have this, this uh, you know, to-go bag that we've made here at the church to help you out to, to um, supplement some of your needs for you. So how can we accomplish that here as the church? Um, we have to grow. We have to do things. We have to change the way that we look at our walk, our life, where we're trying to go. The church itself is a local mission field, Amen. We don't have to go overseas. We don't have to travel the world. We have an amazing opportunity right here. In fact, Christians from other countries, um, believe it or not, are coming to this country to talk about Jesus. I don't know how that makes you guys feel. I mean, it's great that they're on fire for the Lord like that, but 
why aren't we taking care of it here? Why do they feel the need to come to America to talk about Jesus? Well, what I want to do, and I've already used the majority of my time somehow. Um, I told you the two service thing is going to be different, so I'm going to fly here. Um, I'm going to give you three things that bees do to strengthen each other and to strengthen their community as a family, as a body, okay? So number one, and this is notes, number one, they work together. And if you look at Philippians chapter two, verses one and two, what we just read, it says, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Okay, that's what Paul told this church here in Philippi, or I mean in Macedonia. And um, if you look back at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 20, I wanted to share this with you. Um, it says that for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body through many are one body, so it is with Christ, for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would it be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Now, in the hive, and I was explaining this to Ben, and he's like, this is crazy that you know all this. So there's three different kinds of bees in the hive, right? There's the queen bee, which is one, singular, there's one queen. There are drones and there are workers, right? The workers are all females. The drones are all males, okay? Imagine that. Um, the, even if just the words, right? Worker and drone, like we're just following the worker around, you know? Um, <laughs> but they all have a very specific part to play, um, did you know that there can be between 15 and 50,000 bees in one hive, all right? Uh, survival is their only instinct, right? They want to survive. That's what they do. There's no ego. There's no schedule. There's nothing getting in the way of what they need to achieve as a team, okay? That queen bee has a very specific role. The drone has a very specific role, and the worker has a very specific role, all right? The workers are all females. They're protecting the hive. All right, the drones are all males. They have a shot to go and see the queen bee and help make more workers, all right? Um, and both of these things, uh, the workers and the drones are both willing to sacrifice their life for the betterment of the community. So with the body, um, could you imagine, the physical body, not spiritual body, could you imagine your physical body when you got hungry if your arms or hands weren't there to help you eat? Now, that's a reality for some people, unfortunately, uh, for whatever reasons, but could you imagine that being an abled body person, you know, and having to just eat that way, right? Or imagine if you wanted to go play basketball, but your mind couldn't tell your legs what to do, or the legs were stubborn and didn't want to work and do what you told them to do. Um, <laughs> that happens with me sometimes. I, I used to kind of think, Amy and I had this philosophical debate on whether or not I was athletic the other day. And if I stand sideways, you'll instantly say no. Um, 
But if I broaden my shoulders and suck it in, you might think I am, but I'm not. Um, I used to be at one point in life. But then she debated that you had to play college sports to be athletic men. Is that true? Do you have to play college sports to be athletic men? Not true. Just because you played a college sport does not make it true. Um, and in walks TJ. Like a... But anyways, God gives us several different explanations in the Bible uh, to describe the church body. The body, uh, God chose the design of a church for a reason, right? Because he, does, he said several different ways, and I just chose a few. He called a, the church a family, right? Why would he call us a family so that we could love each other unconditionally? He called us a body that we all might work together to accomplish certain goals. He called us the bride that we would be loyal and faithful to Christ. He called us a temple that many others would want to come in and to worship. And he called us a light stand, right? That we would be, or a lampstand, so that we would be a light to our community. You see, we have to work together to achieve this plan that God has designed for this church. If we don't work together, see, when he's talking about the body in, in Corinthians, he's talking about our uh, spiritual gifts, what we bring to the table. Um, some of us are good at dealing with children. Some of us are horrible at dealing with children. So praise God, we have people that are great at dealing with children. Others are great at music. Some of us are awesome singers, but others can't sing. I'm not saying that I'm either one. Ben dictates that. So the fact that you see me down here, maybe Ben's not the best judge of talent. Um, but anyways, God brought us all together from all over the place. If you think about it, I, I want this is crowd participation. Who here is born and raised and never lived anywhere but Florida? Raise your hand. Three people, okay? Where are you guys from? I'm from Ohio. Maryland. Pennsylvania, Michigan. Ohio. Ohio. Man, we got Ohio here, baby. This is Ohio South. Uh, anywhere else? Come on. Costa Rica, Chicago. Where else? Ohio. <laughs> Get together and watch some games here, man. I'm telling you. So he brought us all together from different walks for this reason, for this church, okay? And if we all are able to, just like the bees do, if we're willing to set aside our schedules, our egos, our ideas, our things that we bring to the table that inhibit us from the growth of this mission field right here, and we focus on the hive as a whole, and we're willing to set apart and set aside things that get in the way, you know what God can do through that? He can work through that, and he will work through that, okay? Number two reason, and I got like seven minutes, adapt, all right? We have to adapt. If you look back at, second, uh, at Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 7, it says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. We must adapt. Did you know that bees' survival also um, weighs on adapting? Um, if the climate's not proper for a hive, it can't survive. Um, if the, the, whatever the circumstances are environmentally, they can't survive. Um, and also, another crazy fact about bees, if the hive gets too big, they actually split off and the queen takes a certain amount of drones and workers with her and she leaves the hive and goes and starts a new one. 
Now, how does that old hive survive or what would be the sense of that? Why not just build, right? Why not just make it bigger? Why not grow? Um, they leave because that size can't be maintained by the amount that they have right there. Their, their key number is about 30 to 50,000. That's, that's about where they want to be. Could you imagine if that was our key number? Like our key number at Redeemer, we want to have about 30 to 50,000. I feel like we could function properly with that many people. Um, so we're going to need about 30 or 40 services or a bigger building, right? We would need a bigger building. So we would have to then branch out of here. We would stay here, a lot of us, but we would go, right? And the queen would leave, which would probably be me, um, and we would start a new church. <laughs> and which Chloe says, yes, queen, thank you. I hear that all the time in my house with teenage daughters. Yes, queen. But anyways, so the queen will leave and she'll take workers and drones with her. Now, what happens? How does another queen come in? It's not like they just go on whatever pastor website and find a new one to come in and run the place or uh, Indeed or any of those things. What happens is, now get this, this is crazy. This is when bees get, they're nuts. Um, the queen bee, when establishing her hive, sends out a signal to the other females to stop them from having the ability to reproduce. Okay, so then they become workers. All right, they're just shut down. They have no chance. They just file in and, and, and the queen is in charge. Nobody else can produce. So then that queen leaves and after a couple of days of her being gone, that signal wears off and all of the workers start to produce. Right now, imagine the chaos there, right? The drones are coming in. They're like, because they got one job to do, one. And uh, you figure out what it is. But they're flying around like, where do I go? What do I do? You know, because all that they have to do is try to, you know. And uh, <laughs> so then eventually what happens is one worker takes control of the hive as the queen. And then all the others, once she becomes, you know, whatever, she becomes stronger and she sends that signal out and shuts all the rest of them down. And then they fall into line. Isn't that amazing? Talk about adapting. Now I want to read to you uh, real quick, and I want you to write this down. I want you to write down that number two is adapting. Number one was working together. All right. Number two is adapting. And I want to read to you back in 1 Corinthians again, but this time out of chapter 9, verse 19 to 23. So it says, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. To the Jews I become as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I become as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in its blessings. You see, we have to become all things to all people so that we may save some. We have to adapt to our environment. Um, a lot of people have come here and they've seen the environment and they didn't like it. And that's okay. There may be a different church for them, right? And that's good. And I pray that those who have come and left because of whether it's what's going on over on this side of the street or whether it's what's going on over on this side of the street, they didn't like something, okay? And they weren't willing to adapt to that. But those of you who have come and have come faithfully and have decided to call Redeemer City Church their home, we have to adapt to that. We have to become what it is that God has called us to be, okay? And it might not be comfortable, amen? It might make you uncomfortable at times. 
There might be times even just a smell might make you uncomfortable. There may be times that somebody's uh, speech, the way that they're talking, might make you uncomfortable. Um, there's certain jobs or tasks where we have the opportunity to serve and become part of this community that might make you a bit uncomfortable. Okay, I'm sure that whenever the, the battle is on for the next queen, it's not comfortable. Amen? But God calls us to something great, and God has called us here from all over the place. I didn't know hardly any of you a couple of years ago. Some of you I'm getting to know now. Some of you I've become great friends with and family, you know? And that's part of this hive. It's part of this community. It's who we are. And we don't want to just hold it for ourselves. We want it to grow. But in order to grow, we have to be willing to do number three. All right? And number three is servant leadership and sacrifice. All right? In Philippians 2, verses 8 through 11. <laughs> minute, sec, minute four seconds. Um, 8 through 11, it says, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. I want to read out of Romans um, real quick. Chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. Um, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. What is verse three telling us? It's telling us that we have to do what we can do. We can't do what we can't do. We have to do what we can do. And we've all been assigned a task. I'm going to have the band come up um, as I close. Um, there's a queen, right? There's a queen bee. And everybody thinks that the queen is in charge, that they're like some tyrannical leader that just sits in there telling everybody else what to do, right? But the queen plays a very important role. The queen sacrifices her life for the reproduction of the hive. She sits there, right? That's what she does. She sits there. Could you imagine if your only job was to sit there? You see, God called us to be more than that. He called us to be a, an image of the queen, to sacrifice our lives for the growth of the hive, the growth of the community. You see, at Redeemer City Church, we have tons of opportunities here as the hive to flourish and grow. If it's to grow spiritually, we have men's group, which meets Monday morning at 6, shameless plug. If uh, you can't get up at 6 to come study God, God's Word, I don't know what you're getting up at 6 for, right? Um, we have women's groups that meet. We have city groups meeting all over this city on different days of the week, which have been awesome. If you're wanting to get plugged into mission work here locally at the church, if you've never been behind those walls because you don't have kids, trust me, that's like a hive back there. If you've ever seen a hive, it's very well organized, Amber. It's very well organized hive, okay? But, yeah, that's the queen. <laughs> But there is tons of kids back there, all right? And, and they need help back there. We need more servants, right, Amber? We need more workers, all right? We have an organization back here that you can sign up for. It's called Romwe. It's Refugee and Migrant Woman Initiative. 
they need bus drivers. We haven't done it the last couple of months. You know why? We haven't had any servants willing to sacrifice a Saturday to go drive a bus around the city picking up immigrant women and taking them to a meeting where they can get proper resources that we've known about our whole lives living in this country. We have Salvation Army up the road where we serve meals. Amen? You can sign up for that. Who likes to serve meals? Who likes to eat food? Everybody's hands should go up. All right, maybe while you're serving meals, you can grab a bite of something. I don't know. I mean, if that's what it takes to get you there, get there. All right? We have Metropolitan Ministries up the road. We have several different ways for you to get involved. All right? We have a cleaning crew. Mallory, where's Mallory? In the back. We need people to clean the church. All right? We have opportunity upon opportunity to get involved here in this local community, in this hive. All right? It's different, right? Going to two services. Amen? Look at all these seats. Look at them. How are they going to get filled, church? How are they going to get filled? We have to go out and tell people, right? We have to go to the hedges and highways and compel them. I'm three minutes and eight seconds past my time, which Mitch would say that's amazing that I got done in that time. So I love you, Mitch. I asked the band to play this song, and I want you to listen to this song, okay? This song has special meaning, and I know that my girls love this song. Um, When we first started the church, we would play this song periodically. And it was like, it was almost like a, a, a call, right? It was like a battle cry almost. Like, here we are, we're all leaving our places and coming to this foreign land to try to achieve this goal that God set out for us thousands of years ago. And I'm calling you to that today, church. If you need information, if you want to get plugged in, if you need to find out, we have Info Central back there. My beautiful white baby's going to walk back there right now in case you need any information. Look at her. Give her a round of applause. Isn't she? I'm sorry. Um, But anyways, (laughs) listen to the words of this song. And like Mitch said in the video, really lean into it. Lean into it and think about the words and think about what God has called you to this church to do. Our first sermon series was soldiers or scholars, right? That's what Mitch talked about. Do you want to be a soldier or do you want to be a scholar? You can be a scholar and I have great news for you. Everybody ready for good news? If you come here every Sunday and you listen to this sermon and you leave and you don't come back here and serve during the week, guess what? Jesus still loves you. You're still going to be saved, all right? He's still going to take you home one day. But if you hear this call, this song right now, and you move and you react and you be a part of that hive and you get involved for the growth, for the betterment of the community, setting your cares aside and caring for others as God's called us to do, he might just use you to save someone. He might use you or your story to bring the dead back to life, right? There may be seats filled because of God working through you. So just listen to the words of this song and really consider that. 